Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Pete Zayas. Pete, the Houston Rockets beat the Lakers without a center. Uh, does that mean maybe the Lakers don't need Anthony Davis to uh, play center at all and they can just roll with Alex Caruso down there? <laughs> it, it seemed that way, man. Uh, freaking Westbrook was practically their five in that game. <clears throat> yeah. You know, man, we've we've talked a lot about the Lakers losing to good to great teams in the NBA and kind of the concern level with that. I, this game did not register at all on that scale for me. There Now, <laughs> you know, Rondo and the things that we've talked about plenty of times before, we had the trade deadline pass today, and, and so, you know, we'll definitely get into that later but this like they're a difficult team to prepare for they're a very strange team and i think we're very much especially right now right especially right now and they're um and we're just kind of like just slogging to the all-star break right now um yeah you know darren collison was in the house tonight i don't think that like i'd be more worried hell i'd be freaking out right now if i thought this was the team that it's going to be going into the playoffs but i I think we're close to seeing what the fully materialized version of this team is going to be yeah, somehow I don't think the the Rockets are going to shoot forty five percent from three over the course of a seven game series against the Lakers. I don't think Russell Westbrook is going to hit literally every single mid range jumper he takes um, against the Lakers more often than not. Uh, but you know, th- there were still some things that kind of stuck out to me, especially given the context under which the game was played. Uh, I kind of want to start with uh, Kyle Kuzma, and he was terrible tonight. You know we're yeah, we're going to talk uh, as the show goes on about the trade deadline, and then you know we'll we'll talk about looking ahead to beyond the trade deadline for the Lakers. But I, I I feel like Kuzma should be mentioned kind of on his own segment here because he's somebody that the Lakers have made a significant commitment to, just in terms of opportunities they have passed up in order to keep him in the organization, and you know at some point. That has to be reciprocated a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I thought if there was a game that he should come out gangbusters and play completely free and play with great energy, it would be last night. And he just, it, it was just an awful performance. It was just an outright dud. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was really bad on defense. That's been an area where... Even I mean he, he's not always great on defense. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's an area he where he's tries. Made, yeah, he's he's made a lot of growth in that respect. Uh, to tonight or th- this game against Houston was it was uh, some some slip back into some old bad habits. Him falling asleep a couple of times just in ways that were not uh, just acceptable. Right. My my one yeah. thing, and I will I will go in on Kuzma harder. If this doesn't change, but I mm-hmm. like they're so dysfunctional, Anthony. Like that that bench unit is just so yeah. dysfunctional. You know what I mean? And like, can we stop playing four on five f- for once, and then maybe see what that looks like? And maybe and if Kuz is still struggling, we've got a point guard. It doesn't excuse the defense. Don't get me wrong, but offensively, if Kuz is as inconsistent as he's been, when we have like five legitimate offensive players on the court out there, then. That's time for for me to worry, but uh, like he just played like crap in this game against Houston. I, I, I've been happy with him how he's played recently. It was just a dud. 
Yeah, I, 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 I want to just say that it was just a dud. It's just, I don't know. And and look, this might just be me reading too deeply into the context under which the game was played. But man, that, look, I, I think the Lakers were right to pass up on the Marcus Morris deal that the Knicks apparently wanted from them, right? Where it was Kuzma and, and Danny Green. Like, obviously, that would have been an, a, a horrendous deal for the Lakers, and, and they were smart to pass that up. Uh, there, you know, whether or not Kuzma was somebody that they were reluctant to, to move off of in the Anthony Davis trade, we've heard both versions or, or multiple iterations of that story, whereas, like, who could, who they might have been able to keep at the time or whatever fine like it's it's not definitive enough we don't know that well enough to be able to say one way or the other but we do know how much the lakers love this kid we mm-hmm. do know how much and and the reasons behind how much they love this kid and you know if if you're going to hold this guy up as you know the player that the, the young player that they have uh, acquired over the course of their rebuild that reminds them the most of Kobe because of his mentality and and I'm not saying that Kobe didn't have duds from time to time but you never really questioned his effort and I thought I thought last night it was an effort problem I think last night it was just a it was a give a fuck problem and and that's something given that the commitment that the Lakers have made to him I, my my leash is pretty short the amount of tension or, or the amount of slack I'm going to cut him in, in that respect is not very much Honestly, man, I don't have any pushback on that. I think that's totally fair. Uh, from an effort standpoint, that is that should never be tolerated or overlooked. And I totally agree that that's what what it was. Even you know we, we've mentioned on the defensive end, but on the offensive end too. Like Kuz is a guy that can score around the basket, right? And mm-hmm. how. Uh, like if I were a guy like him and I had his talent going against a team like that, I'm looking to cut. I'm looking to fill a lane yeah. transition. I'm looking like, man, just give me around the basket because this is an opportunity for me to go for 25, 30 points tonight, right? Because where they're weak is somewhere where I'm pretty good, and he didn't really bring it on either end of the court in, in that respect. And I yeah. think that's totally fair. In the like longer term, because again, my my complaints with him have not been with effort very often. At least not yeah. in the last couple of months. So it, I, I would, before being too concerned about the the other stuff, I just want to see him in a more functional situation. But I think your criticism about his effort in this game against Houston is totally fair. Yeah, I think both those things can be true. I think, for sure. you know, <laughs> I mean, we, we keep on we, we keep on saying the criticism of Anthony Davis. Like, here are the Lakers' numbers when LeBron is on the court when he's off the court. And here are Anthony Davis's numbers when LeBron is on the court when he isn't on the court. You know, and, and they're they're offered up without the context of a lot of those numbers are being played with Rajon Rondo on the court. And therefore, that's going to hurt Anthony Davis's ability to produce anyway. Right? Like, right. the context here matters. It's just that I, I just don't think there's a context text under which I'm going to be cool with nah I just don't feel like playing tonight of course especially no, given everything yeah especially given the opportunities that the Lakers may or may not have passed up on because of how much they like Kuzma and specifically because of how much he reminds them of Kobe and and that's something that Kobe wouldn't tolerate and Kobe wouldn't do very often hey no argument here man 
All right, let's take a, a quick second here. We already alluded to the trade deadline. We're going to uh, come back and talk about the quiet deadline. First time ever in Rob Polinka's uh, tenure that the Lakers did not make a deadline deal. Uh, we're going to talk about what that means. Uh, a certain somebody was at the game uh, last night. We're gonna. We, you guys can bet we're going to talk about that. Plenty of fun stuff to get to here, uh, right here in a bit. Today's show is brought to you in part by Calm. Uh, we talk about physical fitness a lot, but there's another side to the game that's just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. Uh, for LeBron James, sleep is important. Uh is is as important to his uh, well-being as is any physical part of it, especially on a night like last night when he goes one of eight from three-point range. Uh, so if you head to calm.com slash locked on NBA, you'll get a 40% off Calm premium membership uh, discount. Again, that's calm.com slash locked on NBA. With Calm, you have access to the na- to nature scenes. Uh, you have sleep stories, meditation, anything that you can think of that you could possibly use to sleep a little better and get better control of your brain. Uh, head on over to Calm. So again, that's calm.com slash locked on NBA. Calm.com slash locked on NBA. Today's show is also brought to you in part by the Arizona Office of Tourism. Uh, head on over to visitarizona.com slash spring training uh, to see all that Arizona has to offer. Obviously, you have spring training. If you're a Dodgers fan, there's a little skepticism right now as far as whether or not you'd actually get to see Mookie Betts get to play as a Dodger. Uh, shouts to Boston for being as shady as possible at every possible turn, <laughs> uh, every opportunity they get. Uh, but if you are interested in going to Arizona for any other reason other than baseball, or if you are uh, looking to get away from all of the rumors that are going and swirling around right now, it's the perfect time to check it out. They got biking, hiking, Jeep tours, hot air balloons, skydiving, jet skiing, food, music, great bar scene, all sorts of stuff for kids. Uh, so go ahead, check out visitarizona.com slash spring training to start planning your trip today. All right, I can't lie. I squealed like a schoolgirl when I saw Collison sitting there with Genie Bus. Oh yeah, I can't lie. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, and that's kind of it, it actually offers up a perfect background uh, for the deadline that the Lakers did or did not do or did not have. Let's start from a very broad, very general standpoint. Are you okay with the Lakers standing pat given the moves that other teams around the league and specifically in this case, the Clippers uh, did make? Yes, I am, because. I don't think that the type of player or players that we need were available. I think Marcus Morris is a better player than Kyle Kuzma, for example. So if we could mm-hmm. upgrade from one to the other for, for one year, theoretically, sure. The problem is is the discrepancy in the salaries made that a more complicated... It's not like you could trade one for the other, right? You've either got to trade mm-hmm. a bunch of guys, which it changes the, the dynamic, and you've also traded like the one piece that you had and you didn't get a shot creator back and you didn't get a wing defender back that's Morris is a really good player he's just neither of those things just not, not like not how he right. plays and so I you know the I think the Clippers upgraded 
in offensively because I think he's going to provide much better spacing than Mo Harkless does. I actually think they took a little bit of a downgrade defensively, but mm-hmm. um, I like it was an okay move for them. I, I, I don't know. I like, I, I don't, I don't see what they did as being a big needle mover. And the other guys, like, I mean, it'd be great to get Andre Iguodala in here, but how, right? Like we, we did not have yeah. the assets to be able to get that kind of guy. So between Collison's interest, I, I mean, <laughs> fingers crossed, hopefully that was a good sign, right? They're all having dinner yeah. together. He's sitting with Jeannie. Um, there are certainly worse things than that. Shouts my, to Aaron Larsoul being in on that too. That's right. My, my boy, Aaron, the, the most underfollowed <laughs> yeah. man on Lakers Twitter, uh, Aaron Larsoul. Yeah, it's wild. Go um, follow Aaron. Yeah, absolutely. At Aaron Larsoul. It's L-A-R-S-U-E-L. Um, yeah, he's yeah. sitting right behind uh, Jeannie and Collison uh, in that in that photo. So it certainly has done a lot for my optimism level. But um, I think between Collison and, you know, Harkless could be a buyout. Marvin Williams could be a buyout. Um they're talking about working out J.R. Smith, which I actually like. I know, and we could talk about that at a, at a different time. The reasons why I mm-hmm. like that, um, but I actually think the way that things are set up, that the buyout market was a better road for us to go down. Where, where do you fall on that? No, I'm I'm completely with you, and this was kind of something that you and I predicted really from the get-go in terms yeah. of what the Lakers were probably going to do and what they were really capable of here. They, they they just didn't have the assets to be able to do anything. You want a good dollar? All right. So they gave up Justice Winslow, and it's kind of difficult because it was a three-team deal, but they gave up Justice Winslow and, uh, you know, a large expiring deal and, and, and the proper money to be able to send out and, and some draft compensation to the Lakers couldn't do those things without dipping into the rotation beyond Kyle Cooper. Um, and, and, you know, like you said, the, the, the Knicks wanted and shouts to the Knicks, man, because you're never going to get anything if you don't ask. But the <laughs> Knicks wanted uh, Kyle Kuzma and Danny Green for Marcus Morris, which like I wouldn't trade Danny Green for Marcus Morris straight up. That's right. So but like I said, <laughs> but, you know, you, you don't get anything if you don't ask. And, and you can go on down the line here with with players. Bogdan Bogdanovich was somebody who there was interest in early on. But we all know that that didn't go much further than, hey, we like that guy. Oh, mm-hmm. we can't get that guy. Right. Uh, so given, given you know, what was made available to the Lakers, I'm actually happy that they didn't yeah. kind of knee jerk. Because, all right, tell me this, or answer me this. If Magic Johnson is still in charge of the Lakers, do you think they make some kind of knee jerk trade here <laughs> and, and put themselves in a worse spot just for the sake of making a trade? History would certainly suggest that that had a there's a strong possibility of that. I will say though, like yeah. this is dependent on us actually signing buyout guys, right? Like if, if yeah. like that all of a sudden becomes super crucial because it's like yeah, it's fine to let the trade de- ted- deadline pass, but you can't come up empty in the buyout market too. Right, right, yeah. That <laughs> if Collison doesn't. You know, sign with the Lakers. Yeah, we're that in, would be just yeah. an all time, all timer in terms of troll jobs that have ever been done. <laughs> and yeah, the Lakers would be completely screwed. Yeah. Uh, so I think that would be something to to be really worried about. The wings that you mentioned, if you if Mo Harkless and Marvin Williams were both made available, and the Lakers had their choose between uh, their, their, their their choose. I'm sorry, guys, it's two forty in the morning uh, out here in Austin. <laughs> they, they don't uh, know. Uh, yeah, we're we're making this happen with. Uh, <laughs> What's what's the old uh, you know plastic cups and strings? You know how when you were kids, yeah. make a 
like that. I'm just really old and did that as a kid. But yeah, yeah I actually the sent room. a smoke signal and I was like, That's "Hey, right. Pete, we gotta record. <laughs> We're recording this cat <laughs> podcast via carrier pigeon right now." Yeah. Uh, but so we, if the Lakers had their choice of of wings here, and it was Marvin Williams or uh, Mo Harkless, which direction would you want them to go in? Give me Mo Harkless all day on that. Um, I think hmm. he's more of a three at this point than Williams is. Yeah. I've caught, I worked on a Devontae Graham piece for the Athletic a couple weeks back, and so I was watching a decent amount of Charlotte. He played a little bit in that, and it's hard when, like, they're probably, they're not going to the playoffs. They're they're not a bad team, though, and they do play hard. They're not like the Knicks, right, where it's just this disaster of a team where you can't really take anything from any player too seriously because they're not real games, right? Um, they, they play hard. They You know, they've got a couple of guys that are, that are okay. Um, and, and just Williams does not did not look great to me. I also think Williams is mm-hmm. more of a straight four at this point of his career, and I think Harkless yeah. has some of that three, that wing type of ability that, now it may not matter alongside LeBron, uh, and Marvin Williams is a better spot-up guy than Harkless is, so he's going to help space the floor, which is something that I think that maybe we undersell in the problems of what this team has, because we've really only got two guys who like their job is to shoot, and that's Danny Green and KCP, and that's not mm-hmm. that many, right? So if we need another guy who's pretty good at that, Harkless, uh, I'm sorry, Williams fits that bill. But Harkless is okay in that respect. He's shooting 37% from three with the Clippers this year, so he's doing a good job there. But um, he, I, his ability defensively, I think, would be a really big upgrade for our second unit especially. Which one would you choose out of those two? I would, I would agree with you. I would probably go with Harkless for two reasons. For for everything that you said, and also just from the stu- the pun standpoint, how could you be Mo Harkless is something I have wanted to scream oh, forever for a team that I, I have I have rooted for. So that was actually, I think, because at one point I had him on a fantasy team of mine, and that was the actual name of my fantasy yeah, team. That's, so that's very on brand. <laughs> Uh, but also, you look at the you look at the things that the Lakers really need, and the teams that the Lakers are going to be competing against. And I, I just finished having this conversation actually on Locked On NBA with Adam, and and I said that if I was an, a Nuggets fan, I'd be a little tweaked at the fact that they didn't add anybody at a at a at a spot of need uh, when they very obviously need wing defenders to go up against the Paul Georges, the Kawhis, the LeBrons over the course of the uh, playoffs. And for the Lakers, they're gonna they're gonna face the like, I, I would I would put money on the fact that the Lakers are probably going to go up against the Clippers uh, in the Western Conference Finals, and if they do, and your only wing defender is Danny Green and on occasion LeBron, then that I would be really nervous about that. So I'd probably focus more on on Harkless, and I would imagine also, you know, just from a human standpoint with Harkless, I think he would yeah. want to be able to beat the Clippers, and there's Absolutely. that added little tidbit there. Uh, from from his standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. As long as we fire Rondo's playing time into the sun um, in all of this, I'll, I'll be happy. Yeah, I, I am right there with you. Let's take a uh, let's take another quick second here. When we come back, I, I want to update the the Rondo conversation here with now that we know kind of the direction that the Lakers seem to be heading in. It, I would probably bet, you know, I'd, even regardless of odds, that the Lakers are probably going to walk away here with with Darren Collison. Matt Barnes reports aside or notwithstanding. Uh, if they do go in Collison's direction, I just, whew, I can't do any more Rondo. Let's come back and talk about that and other stuff uh, here in a second. 
So, have you ever... I mean, I've used the analogy a few times here where, you know, the teacher just gets angry at the student that they're most likely to get angry at because eventually you just get so sick of that student that, you know, it just turns into just just stop pissing me off. And okay. in a game like in a game like last night's where Houston beats the Lakers and there were outliers all over the court and even with Rondo only playing 15 minutes, I still found myself just saying like what are we doing? Like this can't, you know, as as you guys have probably followed, I I had some time off because we were moving and there were all these things. So it it, it had been a while since I was able to sit down in my living room uh, and watch a Lakers game and. You know, it, Rondo just catches my eye for all the wrong reasons, and you know, it 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 starts getting to a point where you start to wonder, okay, like, what the hell is Vogel actually seeing here? Well, how how is he, or or how is he not seeing what what we're very clearly seeing? Oh, I think Vogel's very much seeing what we're very clearly seeing. But say you are Frank Vogel, and you're talking to the people who run the team and touching base on the Collison situation and all that. How many times in a season like this do you want to make major changes? You know what I mean? Like, so had they had they gone to say Quinn Cook instead of Rondo a month ago, and then we signed Collison, and so then we go to. Darren Collison, right? What is the functional difference in in that? I, 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 I'm not saying I agree with this, but what I think mm-hmm. the thought process is... It's the pick-your-battles approach. Well, not just pick-your-battles, but like when we like make major changes to what we do, let's do it once, right? Let's not... Yeah. The, the, the teams had great chemistry. They've been on a great kind of wave together this whole year. There's no reason to keep interrupting it, right? If it means we lose two more games over the course of a month because we've got Rondo in there as opposed to Quinn Cook, like in the grand scheme of things, it probably doesn't matter a whole heck of a lot. If, if and when we sign Collison, that is going to be the true test. Because I am concerned, and we've talked about this, is that Rondo will continue to get minutes at that point. And you just you have to respect basketball to a certain degree of like guys, you know, can a guy run? Can he pass? Can he dribble? Can he shoot? Can he close out? Just like all the things that make up what makes for a good basketball player the attributes and it's just it's Rondo is so below like he's not an NBA player anymore not only is he not like a rotation caliber guy he's in the league strictly because of his reputation and because of what people think of him as a person but strictly looking at the type of player that he is he's you can there are better guys in the G League right now I truly like Mm -hmm. it's not a matter of believing that like I I watch the tape and it's there's just so many fundamental errors right it's not just like oh he's old and slow now right no it's like it's skills it's judgment he picked his dribble up with like 10 seconds left 35 feet from the basket at the end of the first quarter and then through a turnover trying to make a 20-foot entry pass into Kuzma. Why do you pick yeah. up your dribble right there? Like, that's just basketball 101 type stuff. And that happens over and over and over again. So I'm hoping, you know, that we've been waiting for this day for ages now, Anthony, right, where, you know, someone comes in, Rondo's minutes all go away. That needs to be what actually happens. Because if he comes in here yeah. and it's Caruso's minutes who are getting cut, 
you mm-hmm. the, the Lakers will deserve the negative results from that that will come. Like I would obviously never root against the Lakers, but there's a certain degree of like you know it serves you right if if, if things go awry yeah. because you're not respecting the game of basketball, it serves you right to not succeed from that. So I I just want to make sure that <laughs> all right not, not make sure obviously I got no choice in that, but I like I, I'm really hopeful about Collison. Rondo needs to be completely out of the rotation once that happens. And if what Vogel's been doing has been like, yeah, like Vogel has to see it. Vogel knows 10 times more about basketball than you and I know about basketball. Yep. And so, it, like, this is not anything that's, that's you know, foreign to him. My hope is that this is political and that, like, look, we know this is a problem. There's no use addressing this in December and January. And, like, let's do this once. Let's do it for good. And let's go forward. But, but really, now is the time to do it. I guess my one counter to, to that, and I think it's very viable, and I'm not even saying, like you said, you you didn't necessarily even agree or disagree with, with the approach, but it would have been nice to know a little bit more about what the Lakers have in Quinn Cook. It, it'd be nice if we if we knew a little bit more about Troy Daniels or, or, or how some of these guys fit together. And and we we probably aren't going to get to learn that because we did waste so much time on, on Rondo. And, you know, here's it was funny is when you were talking about the serves you right thing uh like you said we i would never root you know definitively or concretely against the lakers right but but as a parent and and as somebody who was raised by a a five foot nothing stubborn mexican mom uh I had my share of, well, all right, you can do what you want, but if it doesn't work out, that's on you kind of moment. That's right. All right. Stupid. The- Let's see what you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. All right. If I hit the way, let's see how this right. actually goes. And then, and then when it didn't work out, it was like, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? You that's know, right. that's right. And, and and you know not like raising raising a kid and 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 rooting for a team obviously or even having a team uh, is is not the same thing because like you know a kid is going to learn from their mistakes and then they have another opportunity as their life goes on. The Lakers, you know, if they don't learn from these Rondo mistakes, it might actually eventually cost them a title, right? Because like if 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 Caruso's minutes go down in favor of Rondo, if and when Collison shows up, I think that legitimately puts at risk their title chances and no, I, I mean this is one of this is one of those things where like I don't want to have to sit here and say like well what the hell did you think was going to happen no that that's absolutely the case the Lakers are not good enough to have many or really any self-inflicted wounds in this process right like if there's an injury in the playoffs or you know someone gets hot on the other team right or your shooters go cold like there's all types of stuff that can knock the players out or knock the Lakers out of the playoffs for whatever reason right it's the Mm -hmm. self-inflicted stuff that they've got to address right like the you have full control over this but you it was your decision and so that goes a lot of that has to do with lineups Anthony we play so many lineups where we've got two not either non-shooters or like so like Avery Bradley or Alex Caruso right we could talk about their their three point percentage or whatever right but like they're they're fairly low volume shooters nobody Scouting not, for him. 
Right. No, like they are open for a reason type of guys and they're shooting, you know, low to mid thirties on their threes when they're open for a reason. Right. But they are not shooters. They're not in the game because that's primarily what they do. We've got four guys on this team who do that. Two of them don't play in Cook and and Daniels. And I agree with you that Cook, like it would have been nice to see more of him rather than Rondo. But uh, the other two are Danny Green and KCP. Right. So like I I rewatched the game before we recorded this pod, right? This, the Houston game. And you know, we were down, we was tied with like four minutes left in that game. Then we got whipped in the last four minutes because Avery Bradley played well and Alex Caruso played well, which is great. But Vogel closed with both of them. Oh, this is a great point that you're about to make. Yeah. Yeah. Vogel closed with both of them. You can't play both of them together because their weaknesses are similar. Like what is the like basic thing on offense that you need around LeBron James and Anthony Davis? Just like one attribute. Shooting. 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 Right. Let's space the floor for two superstars. Duh. Right? That's what Houston did tonight and is doing going forward to the like nth degree. We don't have to do anything close to that, right? But if you're gonna go small with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, like guys who can shoot around them we don't have enough mm-hmm. of those types of guys but kcp should be out there i don't care if he's in a in a slump right now danny green uh Kuz is like the best option now right but if we get if we get collison then that's another option uh, along those lines right so like you need to space the floor for your two rim pressuring superstars. That's where LeBron and AD are great at putting pressure on the rim. The counter to that is that that sucks in all of the defense and then guys are open. That can't be Avery Bradley and Alex Crusoe at the same time. Yeah, they, they, it was funny. After the game, uh, the TNT guys were talking about Houston, and it was it was as hilarious as you would think, right? You have Shaq, one of the all-time— Just hating maybe it, yeah. the <laughs> most <laughs> Maybe the most dominant center in the history of the sport, right? You have Chuck, who is not only, you know, was a freak in his, in his own time, but is also, like, I think statistically the worst three-point shooter in the history of the sport. Right. And I think he holds that against three-point shooters nowadays. <laughs> so you had, like, these two— I think you have these two voices who were going to hate what Houston was trying to do in that game, and they were they 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 followed suit as you would expect, and they were talking about how the Lakers didn't have enough points in the paint, uh, and they weren't punishing Houston for uh, the lineups that they had out there, and you know they were just they were going the same usual route where it's like well why just dump the ball into the post and dump the ball into the post and and like that that's what the Lakers get themselves into trouble with all the time anyway is that they they get too infatuated with matchup hunting and their offense bogs down and whatever and and then especially down the stretch where like you're saying with like four minutes ago it was a tie game they ran into the problem of they were matchup hunting while they had two non-shooters on the court and the the matchups that they were hunting out there the way that they were going about doing it was like all right well i guess we'll just kind of lob the ball into the key hope you catch it hope you have your feet set under you well enough to be able to make a move and it was just it wasn't working and, and 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 it was never going to work and you know you made the point on twitter where it's like at some point the lakers are going to have to figure out their their closing lineup Mm -hmm. just for continuity's sake and you know they're still early enough into the season right now where you can still kind of play and toy with some some of these things but it would have been a nice tonight would have been a perfect opportunity to roll with that lineup where i believe it's kcp uh danny green kuzma lebron and ad out there is his best been i 
think, their best five-man lineup. Close with that. Sure. I know Kuzma was was playing like garbage. I know KCP had like multiple either air balls or like back of the backboard type of shots. You know, um, I I know even LeBron was in a funk. He went one of eight from three-point range, and by the end of the game, or by the end of the game, yeah, he was just shooting those step back three-pointers going to his right. It was kind of fading away, and he had that weird pass to Alex Crusoe. Like, yes, I I know I know that it wasn't the the ideal circumstance to be able to go to that lineup, but it, it's just it, it just comes down to these are just basic NBA like modern NBA principles that I feel like get get especially highlighted going up against a team that is so hyper aware uh, hyper aware of them in the way that Houston was. So oh, no, absolutely, yeah, was, a- absolutely. It, it, it was a frustrating game. We'll see. We'll, you know, I, it's just a one-off thing. And like you said, this isn't the kind of loss that really registers. And I think the, the Lakers are they came, they went out to a sprint uh, at the beginning of the year, and they're just kind of wheezing here as they get ready for the All Star break. Yep. Um, and and I thought you know that was pretty evident, but in in the way LeBron played, uh, but but. You know, you you make life way harder on yourself with the way that the Lakers approach lineup building and 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 even team building in the way that they have this year. Hopefully, that gets you know fixed by the guy who was sitting next to Jeannie Bus and by the guy who got traded away by the Clippers. Right? If those two guys walk through the door, the Lakers are a much better team. I'd even make them. I I'd, I'd go so far as to say is maybe they're the best team in the NBA mm-hmm. uh, if if those guys actually do come and and they're and they're trans- transitioned in seamlessly or, or as, as seamlessly as possible. But last night's game, it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way as we talked about with Kuzma and then with how they finished it. And at some point they got to start building better habits than I think they have when they do get punched in the mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Last thing before we go here, the, the Lakers, you know, like we said, I think rightfully stood pat at the deadline, especially given some of the offers that were being asked of them. Uh, we know what the buyout market is going to look like. Uh, so I'll just ask you, now that we are now past the trade deadline, getting ready, heading into the all-star break, if you had to put money one way or the other, uh, that the Lakers, A, make the additions that that – we hope that they make and then use those guys properly. If that, if that stuff happens, how confident are you that the Lakers say get to the finals or even win a finals? Uh, you know, confident is probably too strong of a word. I would feel mm-hmm. like we're right there for the first time though. Right. Like yeah. I felt the whole season that we were on the outside looking in of the, like the very best teams in the NBA and yeah. as great as they as great as their record is, their performance against the better teams in the NBA hasn't done much to kind of push me off of that spot. That said, I think that they're like I think Collison would make a massive difference. Try and try and think of it this this way, right? Like there are a bunch of different attributes that make up a good basketball team: shooting, ball handling, rim protection, mm-hmm. weak side defense, blah blah blah. Right? You go on and think of it in terms of like a scale to from one to ten, right? And every player is either a three out of ten at this, but a seven out of ten at that, and at all of those different things. There are a couple of attributes, specifically the like our guards are small, but those little dudes cannot create on. The pick and roll, right? NBA, yeah. little dudes, anyway, right? Um, and so, but that that 
we're like on a scale of 10, our team in terms of our guards on pick and rolls are like ones. We're probably the worst, have the worst group of pick and roll guards in the NBA. So if Darren Collison mm-hmm. comes in, I just did a video on him, uh, on, on uh, him in pick and rolls specifically. Darren Collison's like a six and a half or a seven out of 10 in pick and rolls. He's not great at everything by any means, but he's like a well above average pick and roll guard. We get one other guy who's not a one at this and is actually, even, even if he was a five or, or a six and even six out of 10, it's such a massive upgrade from what we have that I, and it's, it's kind of like a car it's like a, a you know ferrari without an engine basically right you've got these finishers in ad and kuzma you know maybe i'm overselling ferrari here right but it ain't going anywhere if it doesn't have an engine and it doesn't have an engine right yeah. now right so if it has like a really bad muffler Right. And so, like, if we put an actual engine, not like this crazy high-performance engine, but just a functioning engine in the car, let's see if it goes a little bit, right? And so I, I really think that Collison would make a big enough difference. I think we need to get bigger on the wing. Uh, even if, like, I actually, again, I don't hate the J.R. Smith idea because I think we need guys who can shoot in the playoffs and are not, like, all our guards are really small, and Collison doesn't address that. You got Rondo small, Collison small, Caruso small. Crusoe was getting bullied by Westbrook tonight, right? And so all these dudes are just physically small people, and I think that, like, bigger twos and threes are giving us a problem as a result of that. We just need one dude who's not tiny, and if J.R. Smith is out of ten is like a three and a half or a four, guess what? That's an upgrade over, like, the size that we have in our backcourt. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, I, I, I wouldn't feel confident, but I would feel like we're actually in this now where I haven't really gotten to that point yet how about you yeah this year has always felt a little dreamish like you know when you're at the beginning of a relationship and you're just sitting like man can this actually can this actually be real like this is you know and 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 there's that kind of like twitter pated phase where you're just like wow is this actually happening and then eventually like you have that moment where you know for me it was when jen went and visit came went out and uh, visited my family in el paso and got along with everybody and accepted my crazy ass uh mexican family for what we are and and i was like wow that's all right i got a real one and uh, it's not to say that, you know, landing Collison and landing or, or landing Harkless or, or even J.R. Smith would would be that kind of, you know, kind of definitive moment. But it would go, it'd be it'd be it'd be a step in the right direction that I, I haven't been willing to go so far as right now. I, I and, and that's kind of where I would be at. I, I would go so far as to start really caring about uh, finals odds, because to this point, I haven't wanted to put any money on the Lakers. Uh, but if the Lakers do make those 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 additions that we're talking about or or it's something to watch if you guys are looking on mybookie.com use promo code locked on nba um if you guys are, are are looking there and you start to see that kind of move in the lakers direction it might be tied to the fact that collison is coming it might be tied to the fact that the lakers might be adding that right that that wing and it might be time to start caring about such a thing and and i think that would be a pretty cool kind of phase to transition to uh at this stage of the season absolutely well said man. all right man well 
That'll do it for this uh, episode, this week's episodes of the Locked On Lakers podcast. I, Pete, I got to thank you for coming through. You and your brother killed it. That was a really fun episode. Uh, that I got to listen to that. I, it felt a lot like, you know, my middle brother isn't really as into to basketball. But my youngest brother uh, really is. So it was kind of cool to, to dip into that aspect of it. So I appreciate you coming through there. Harrison, if you're listening, thank you for your help uh, earlier in the week. I apologize to everybody listening for missing uh, Monday show, but once we get all the Wi-Fi stuff settled in and, and, and moving forward here, dipping into uh, next week, uh, we should have everything figured out. So uh, have a great rest of your weekend. Make somebody else's, and we will talk to you on Monday.